0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Obviously, the news of the week last week was the presidential election in the United States, and that took all of our attention, and honestly, has sort of stayed that way. This is the first major election that I haven't covered as a reporter in many, many years. And it's the first election where I've talked about how I actually felt in a public way. So today's episode is going to be a little different than usual. It's going to be a little more erratic, a little more fly on the wall. It isn't the whole story of how I'm feeling about the election results as a person who lives in Seattle, Washington in the United States, nor is it for Tiffany, who's watching the election from Rome, Italy. But it is a fly on the wall account of our gut reactions, as the results came in and it became apparent that Trump was winning, and in the morning after, when it was a reality, President Obama would be replaced by Donald Trump. Today's episode is told through WhatsApp, the app that allows Tiffany and me to chat overseas at no cost. So much of today's show is voice memo, it will be jumping around quite a bit. For Tiffany, it was late at night when we were sending these memos. She was walking around, feeding her baby, and getting Aurelio ready for bed. And me, I was driving to work, stopping for coffee, listening to the radio, and sending parts of speeches so Tiffany could hear them. Tiffany's first text came to me in Seattle at 8.48pm on November 8th, election night. That's before 6 in the morning in Rome. She writes, Are you watching this bloodbath? Trump is our next president. To which I answered, I am, it is unbelievable, and the Canadian immigration website has crashed. Tiffany replied, that would be funny if it weren't so scary, and I thought Brexit was bad. And I wrote, it's sort of like everything is exploding. We went on from there, but let's jump to the next morning, the morning of November 9th, the first day of President-elect Trump, and to our first voice memo, sent by Tiffany. She was responding to a text that I sent saying that this election feels like a huge setback for women. And honestly, I'm feeling really sorry for Hillary.
1: I feel sorry for her, too. And it's strange because I didn't think that I would feel like that. I never really liked Hillary Clinton, uh, especially when she was running against Bernie, because I liked Bernie so much. But somehow in his last few months of the election campaign, I've really you know, I've really grown to respect her, watching her in the debates, how she handled herself. And I know she's flawed, and I know she's done a lot of things wrong, but I think she would have been a good president. I mean, she wouldn't have been perfect. She's too conservative for me, but I think she would have been a good president. And I think she really deserved it. I feel like she has worked so hard and for so long to get there and to get so close and to be so convinced that she was going to win. It's just, like, I was just imagining Her. I mean, I know how I felt when I found out these this news, and I just, God, it's just, can't even. I totally agree
0: uh, with your assessment of poor Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you, Tiffany, what it was like to be watching those returns last night, and it was such a slow night, and it was so close for so long, and we had our computer where we were with a big group of friends we had our computer laptop open and derek all the while was reading the different polls and as it turns to the new york times the new york times of all places who took out a two-page spread right before the election to list all of the insults that donald trump has said during the course of this election the new york times when they predicted that he had a 95 percent chance of winning i that whole moment like the entire room, I think, just looked at each other and thought we had no idea where we were living. Like Seattle is truly a bubble. <laughs> if we were so wrong, if if the liberal progressives were so wrong as to reading the culture of this country. <sighs> Uh, You know, and then the tears and the just general despair and, of course, it being Seattle, it's raining today. And then there's also this underlying rage and anger about how much this feels like sexism. It's so easy to feel despair, but it also feels like, now what? What are we supposed to do? How do we move forward? And I think right now everybody's wanting to stay in their pajama pants and uh, take a day, (laughs) at least in Seattle. I don't know, I'm about to head into work. We'll see what the mood's like.
1: And, And to all the little girls who are watching this, never doubt
0: that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and achieve your
2: own dreams.
0: Along with that last tape I typed, Hillary's speaking now. And obviously, if you can't tell, I'm in my car, listening to the radio, on my drive to work, occasionally capturing things that I think Tiffany might wanna hear and sending them to her.
1: I count my
0: blessings every single day that I am an American. And I still believe as deeply as I ever have, that if we stand together and work together with respect for our differences, strength in our convictions, and love for this nation, our best days are still ahead of us.
1: Wow, I really don't even know what to say. Um, Yeah, I get what you mean about the sexist aspect of it. It's a huge huge step back for women in this country. I think that we've gone back to pre-1980s times because I mean it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much men seem to hate women still. A certain type of man obviously, not all men. um, and how a lot of men who would never ever admit to hating women because they love their wives and they love their moms and etc etc hate any kind of a woman who has any power and agency and not just power, but like a woman who's hard nosed, and a woman who's tough and a woman who doesn't try to be a people pleaser and a woman who is ready to fight hard and do, you know, sometimes do dirty things because unfortunately to be a politician, at least it seems you kind of got to do dirty things sometimes and men do it, you know, but yeah, I think it's definitely a misogynistic country because otherwise you know how so, you know, or I don't know if you know, but my mom voted for him, and my stepfather voted for him, and I don't even have to ask my dad and my stepmother if they voted for him because they hate Hillary Clinton so much. I just got an email, from, a text message from Monique, and Monique's not the hugest liberal in the world. She is a liberal, but she's not like, I don't think she's as progressive as I am. Um, although maybe she is, we don't really talk politics, but anyway you know she sent me a text saying just you know asking what people were thinking about it here and also saying you know i'm just disgusted and and i of course agreed and and then i said you know of course mom you know mom voted for him and she says i know she says i don't even know how to talk to her right now i'm i am personally offended on behalf of my daughter oh my god it just hit me in my stomach i don't know i just i don't understand i just don't understand how normal people like my mom you know people who are kind and and sympathetic and, um, you know, good people, like how they could vote for him. I just don't understand. So I just stopped to get a cup of coffee after listening to your message
0: and hearing the end of Hillary's concession speech on the radio. And it's so interesting, and maybe it's just in my imagination, but of course Seattle is a notoriously liberal city. He votes democratic all the time. So presumably everyone around me has stayed up and watched the election as in a, sort of a shell shock uh, from the result of it. And so as I stand there at the coffee window looking around, I look across at the guy in the car who's ordering a coffee across from me. And he's got sort of this dead sadness in his eyes. The coffee shop attendants seem almost too perky As if you had just stubbed your toe or something, and you're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And you're like, I'm fine! You know, that sort of thing. And, I don't know, it's just like there's a secondary layer to everything that's going on right now. Maybe that's just in my imagination, but it seems like there's this underlying story behind all of the common pleasantries that we're just doing this morning. Okay, so I just heard your other message, the one about your mom, and I can totally relate to that feeling. I think it is hard for any woman to understand how a woman could vote for Donald Trump, given what a chauvinist he is, and and even just sort of his general rapiness. Uh, quality to his behavior, how could any woman vote for him? Even if you hated the other woman so extremely, like perhaps your part members of your family hated Hillary Clinton, still, how can you put your trust behind a man who is a racist misogynist? <laughs> it, it's impossible to understand. That said, there's a lot of Media in this country that leads people to believe certain things. It's it's a polarized media landscape for sure and I have plenty of members of my family who voted for Donald Trump in some ways. I actually find that Having family members who make those choices if you're able to talk to them about Why they made the choices that they did it is the way to understand the people who disagree with you, do you know what I mean like Part of this country and its success is trying to get along and work together. It's something Hillary even talked about in her speech. So if you just think of them as the other, the ones that voted for Trump and how dare they, and we never speak to them again, that doesn't solve anything. So I always tend to look at it like, my grandmother, she is somebody I love. She voted for Donald Trump. I will never agree with that. I can try to forgive Whatever thoughts led her to that action, do you know? And even that, even saying it like that isn't quite getting at what I mean, but of course I am on my way to work and uh, it's making me have a hard time talking about this. (laughs) I guess another thing I've been thinking a lot about is about what it is to be a member of the media during this period of time. I remember when I got hired, to work in media for the first time that I had one friend who was very strongly opposed to the fact that I had gotten a job in the media and I didn't understand why and he was talking about how the media had too much power that it was so manipulative that media was always inherently biased that there was no way that it wasn't and I used to argue him to the death you know me in general I'm a pretty open-minded person and I like to hear a lot of different perspectives. I'm very able to be swayed to see somebody else's point of view, maybe to a fault. And so I always felt like, no, no, I actually am operating from a place of curiosity and unbiased. And I know a ton of reporters who don't vote because they don't want to have some sort of inherent bias in their reporting. They want to stay open to it. That said, during this election, I saw so many reporters, people in the media, struggle to figure out how to talk about this and give Trump the level of respect that a presidential candidate would deserve, all the while while thinking he was a terrifying threat to this country and what it is that we stand for, which is justice and respect for each other. and yet trying to talk about him like he's credible while he's tearing everybody down and acting like a crazy, maniacal person. And so I also wonder what is going to happen to the media as a result of this. And one thing you said last night when this was all going down in a text message was you thought that Trump was gonna go after freedom of the press. Now, I don't know that he, how unilaterally he could do something like that We do have checks and balances. But at the same point, when you said that, it just gave me chills. Absolutely gave me chills. And I sent her another text message the moment I had a chance. It reads, the president to speak soon. And obviously, by the way, I'm listening to the radio in between getting messages from her and uh, spouting off about what I'm thinking. So that's what I'm referring to. The president is about to speak soon. But one Trump supporter said that things had swung too far. And the pendulum had to swing back. They are so hopeful. People of the white working class. They don't connect it to sexual assault or xenophobia as real issues. And those were ideas taken from an interview with a Trump supporter that I had heard. To which Tiffany replied. Because those issues
1: are nothing about them. What does a white man have to worry about sexual assault and xenophobia? It doesn't, doesn't make any, you know, doesn't make any difference to him. White women, I mean, they should be worried about sexual assault, but I think a lot of them think, well, it's not going to happen to me. They live a certain type of sheltered life where they think that wherever they are, it's not, it's not an issue. Um, my boss called me today. He wasn't in, in the office, but, you know, he had been really worried about Trump for a long time. And I've been like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. It's not possible. It's not possible. And, he, you know, we talked on the phone and he said, I just don't understand in a country that was founded on freedom, and I said, yeah, but to the white, working class, middle America, men mostly, freedom for them means the right to bear arms. That's what freedom is for them. And so, you know, he's not taking away that freedom. So.
2: I congratulate him on winning the election, and I had a chance to invite him to come to the White House tomorrow to talk about making sure that there is a successful transition between our presidencies. Now, it is no secret that the President-Elect and I have some pretty significant differences. But remember, eight years ago, President Bush and I had some pretty significant differences. But President Bush's team could not have been more professional or more gracious in making sure we had a smooth transition so that we could hit the ground running. And one thing you realize quickly in this job is that the Presidency and the Vice Presidency Uh, is bigger than any of us. So I have instructed my team to follow the example that President Bush's team set eight years ago. And I just had a chance to hear her remarks. Uh, I could not be prouder of her. She has lived an extraordinary life of public service. She was a great first lady. She was an outstanding senator for the state of New York. And she could not have been a better secretary of state. Uh, I'm proud of her. A lot of Americans look up to her. Her candidacy and nomination was historic and sends a message to our daughters all across the country that they can achieve at the highest levels of politics. And I'm absolutely confident that she and President Clinton will continue to do great work for people here in the United States and all around the world. You know, the path that this country's taken uh, it's never been a straight line. We zig and zag. and Sometimes we move in ways that some people think uh, is forward and others think is moving back. Um, and that's okay. I've lost elections before. Joe hasn't. But, you know, so I've been i mean, sort of sure you beat me badly. Um, That's the way politics works sometimes. We we try really hard to persuade people, but we're right. And then people vote. And then if we lose, we learn from our mistakes, we do some reflection, we lick our wounds, we brush ourselves off, we get back in the arena go at it. We try even harder the next time. The point, though, is, is that we all go forward with a presumption of good faith in our fellow citizens, because that presumption of good faith is essential to a vibrant and functioning democracy.
0: And after those three clips, obviously sent and recorded at different times, I texted her, I thought you'd want to hear a little of the president. And I think I should point out, if you listen closely to those clips, you can actually hear my windshield wipers because it was pouring rain. So I sent you a few clips of the president giving his remarks about transitioning his White House to that of President Trump, which is still something um, that is shocking to say. I just, just like you, talking to your boss, it just felt like it was impossible. Even last night when it was looking evident that it was going to be Donald Trump for president, we were still saying, I just can't even imagine it. Like I can't imagine what it could possibly be like to have a reality television star who knows absolutely nothing about the inner workings of politics in charge. That said, I do think that under President Obama, we've made a lot of progress forward, particularly when it comes to LGBT rights and things like that, and in some cases, when you make big strides forward on issues that make people uncomfortable there's a backlash and i it's not like i'm coming up with this stuff i've read a lot of articles and i think that that's the danger always in talking about politics is is do we ever know what we're talking about i think of that all the time like yesterday when people were so worried that donald trump was going to win and i kept saying there's no way he's gonna win walking around confident that it's just not going to happen and we're going to watch this amazing landslide victory in hillary's direction because of all these different polls and sites that we've watched like crazy people for the last couple months trying to ensure that that will give us insider knowledge to know and the fact is that we just don't know And we read all these articles and there's so many issues here at play about why he would have won and it's going to take us forever to figure out exactly why he won and I would love to hear from your mother. She must be so overjoyed. And so I would love to hear what she expects to come of this. I would like to see what she's hoping for for the next four years.
1: God, I love Obama right now. Like I just listening to him speak was, it's just what a classy guy. He really, he's a really classy person. I just, you know, you would hope that the president of the United States would be, you know, kind of classy. At least a little bit. Um, anyway, about my mother being overjoyed, I really, really hope that she's not overjoyed. Um, that, like, thought sickens me. I know that she, I mean, I know my stepfather, for one, he admitted it. He said, I don't like Donald Trump, but he's better than the alternative. Which I get because that's how I felt about Hillary. I felt I don't like Hillary, but but she's better than the alternative. And I've kind of come to like Hillary in the past. But I'm always I like I always like losers. You know, I mean I'm always I'm always going for the underdog and I always like losers. I hope that you know, and I think she voted for Trump out of you know more voting against Hillary than voting for Trump. Wow, Aurelio, radio, nice pipes. But anyway. As um, being overconfident, I was extremely confident. I was not worried in the least. I, I kind of got worried for a little bit during the whole homey thing, but then you know when that seemed to uh, you know get um, get taken care of, I felt I felt good again. And um, and I just you know I blame I, you know I really blame Huffington Post. They had this you know this super supposedly super sophisticated predictor they did ran all these simulations and they said 98.2% Hillary's got Hillary's got it. The Senate as well it was something like 65% the Senate was going to go to the Democrats and you know I was so confident I was like okay we're going to have the Senate and we're going to have a democratic president a female president and she's going to be able to you know select the next secretary or the next um, supreme court judge and now we've got none of that we've got a uh, a Republican Senate, a Republican House, a Republican President, and now we're going to have a conservative Supreme Court justice. So, I just—I mean, I feel like you do. I don't—I'm sure you feel worse than I do because you're living it. You're there, so it's got to be worse for you. I kind of feel like I have this buffer zone being over here, and I can—I can ignore it if I want because, well, first of all, because I'm not on Facebook, so that helps. Um, but I can really just sort of put myself in a bubble. I kind of want to save some of this stuff for when we do our podcast because I have so much to say about this, but I feel, I'll give you the short version, I feel right now like I'm having a flashback to 9-11 because I was in Montreal on 9-11 and Montreal is not the most pro-U.S. city and they don't really like us that much and that morning, um, a couple of hours after the attacks, I went into school on the metro and I was on the metro and it seemed like nobody gave a shit. Everybody was just reading their newspapers, and reading their books, and looking around. And I just, oh, radio, come on, come on. And I just, I felt so alone. I felt like, you know, here, here I am, nobody gives a shit except me. And I kind of feel like that too right now. I mean, people do care, but not nearly as much as, you know, as, as an American, obviously. Uh, and a lot of people are, you know, really care, but most people are just kind of like, oh, like I walked into work and I was so upset. And my, my, one of my colleagues was like, what's wrong? and it was like the election she's like oh come on don't be upset about that i thought like somebody died and i realized like worse hi
0: again um so yeah it occurs to me that perhaps this back and forth exchange could be the podcast if i can figure out how to get the tape off of my phone that said i just want to Comment about you having that buffer zone and um, if I'm echoey It's because I'm walking up the stairs and in Town Hall and I'm in the Great Hall Which is a beautiful church-like place very serene. and maybe I should do all of my work from up here today But I got to work early today because I I kind of didn't know what else to do with myself Like I felt like if I was at home uh, And come in later in the morning like I usually would I would just sort of rattle around and so I thought I'd get to it and so, commenting on your buffer zone, there is some value to that because uh, the reality of what's going on here is, you know, <laughs> um, I I hugged a work colleague I have never hugged before. People are crying. <laughs> so. <laughs> see look at me even just sitting crying it's hard to watch so many people in pain and so scared and that's what it's like right now to go back to your other point though is that I mean there are expats all over the world that are watching this election and some of them are no doubt happy and Some of them, uh, probably most of them, I think, are shocked and appalled and will have to speak for why America made this decision to all the people around the world that are curious who are watching this from the outside. And I do think that I totally understand your sense of isolation in this. It's a dramatic thing for you and who are you going to process it with over there? people aren't going to understand what it meant to you or what it means to america hillary clinton won the popular vote so i think a good deal of fear is coming just from the fact that it's so blatantly obvious that the country is so polarized against each other uh we can't even see eye to eye like we can't even predict outcomes, so, what now?
1: It is heartbreaking to hear you cry. Um, I just, yeah, I do feel isolated. I feel like people don't get it. People are appalled in the sense of, you know, oh my gosh, what does this mean for the international world and what does this mean, you know, but they don't get it on the level of, you know, like you said, like an American, you just feel so devastated for your country, for all the minorities, for women. For the disabled, for gays, for anyone who isn't, you know, of the privileged class and race and sex, really. That, that, that's the part that they don't get. They get the, oh my God, you guys are crazy. Like, what in the world were you thinking? He's, a, he's an idiot. He's a buffoon. He's a, uh. But they don't get the, um, the shock of, how could my countrymen do this? I did not see where Hillary won the popular vote. I mean, I haven't really been, ever since it was declared, I kind of stopped falling, because it's just too painful. Um, I had no idea that she won the popular vote. I think it's really time that this country starts being, goes to popular vote. Because it's not right. It's not right that the people don't get to choose the president.
0: Well, I should say that she's on the way to winning the popular vote. All the votes haven't been counted yet, but they are predicting. That she will come away with the popular vote so yeah so i mean at the time of this recording she hasn't won the popular vote and hey like i was saying before what do i know (laughs) i mean it seems like pollsters predictors all those things were so off um in this election that maybe she won't win the popular vote maybe that's also a bad prediction but that's beside the point yeah i mean the point is that you want to keep fighting for justice for all. I mean, that's what America is built on, that everybody everybody is supposed to be treated equally. And I think for a lot of people who aren't behind Trump, this feels like a huge step back. And I think that while some people are saying, we'll just pick up and keep fighting, and of course the fight for justice is going to continue, But I think there's also just a fatigue right now. I mean, it's been such a hateful election, uh, so hate-filled and so fueled and and so many things that are just tiring and distressing, like thinking about sexual assault to women and rhetoric uh, that's about sexual assault toward women, even if you don't act on it. Just that issue alone is tiring. (laughs) The glass ceiling for women another huge tiring issue <laughs> extreme racism talking about rounding up people of certain religions or ethnicities and deporting them that's exhausting you know it's all just been so much that i think with what people were hoping for more than anything is that he would he would lose <laughs> and a lot of these things would just go away, at least having to hear somebody talk about it in such a hateful manner. And I think that there's a fatigue right now, too. The fact that he won, the tears are from
1: fear, they are also from exhaustion. Do you want to um, call, do a Skype call and just record right now? I mean, it might not be very much, because I'm, I'm getting Aurelio dinner and I'm going to have to give him a bath. but. I kind of feel like we shouldn't really wait.
0: At this point, Tiffany and I did jump onto a Skype call together. But because this episode has been so long and so exhausting, I think we'll leave the Skype call to next week and add to it more things that we didn't get to say on that particular morning. Tiffany also is going to try to get an interview with her Italian boss to get his perspective on what has happened So today we're going to leave it there. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I encourage you to join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thebittersweetlifepodcast. You can find us on Twitter at bittersweetpod. You can send us an email anytime you want at bittersweetlife@mail.com. And I also encourage you to please help the show out. We're going to try in the next year to keep this show alive. It's been difficult financially lately, and also just trying to make a plan for how to carry it forward and actually make it into a show that reaches more people so we can share in these experiences together. So if this is a show that you value, if it's one that you listen to every week, if it's one that you really, really love, please show your support by giving us a good rating on iTunes. It doesn't take very long to do and it's so helpful to us if you do do it. And also consider making a donation to the show. Many of you have. We want to call some of you out on the show in a future episode to thank you. In particular, those of you who support us every month with a regular donation of 5 or $10. Thank you so much for doing that. And you can find out more and donate at Thebittersweetlife.net. bittersweetlife.net. Just look for the donate button and keep those emails coming, those thoughts, your reflections. We love hearing from you and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.